Welcome to another episode of To Be Honest. I'm your host, D'Angelo Williams, and my co-host, our co-host, Jake Seeley. What's up, baby? Fantasy extraordinaire. He won three of 500 fantasy football leagues that he was in. So thanks for giving us fantasy advice. We know that we'll win 3% of our leagues if we do that. Actually, according to my readers, it's got, get it like 80%. Y'all, uh, you need to follow my Twitters and all the thanks I've been getting. No, but dude, I don't even want to talk about the fantasy. I just, it's coaching madness. Like, this is what we expected to happen. And it's its better than we could have thought, D'Angelo. It, it, it is, but it isn't. I, 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 can I open up with my two, be honest? Uh, yeah, I was going to save mine for the end. Yeah, you, we can save yours to the end. I'm gonna, I don't I'm gonna know. Kick off. I don't know. I'm, it, it might have to get sprinkled in too, but I'm really, I, I really want to do hear yours. Okay. Okay. So this is my two, be honest. The head coach, to be honest, the head coach that the Carolina Panthers just hired, uh, Coach Matt, how do you say his last name? Rule. Matt Rule. They just gave him seven years, $60 million that can almost be $70 million. I can understand that's how much it was going to take because he just signed a five-year deal at Baylor. So it was going to take a lot of money to get him out of college. Uh, right. So I'm going to speak to the Carolina Panther fans. I'm, and I'm only speaking to them, uh, and I want you to listen, Jake, because you're going to be the voice of the Carolina fa- Panther fan base. Carolina Panther okay. fans, I want you to understand that once this head coach takes over the helm, you're not going to win right now. Give him time. He is a college coach transitioning over to the NFL. I'll give you some of his background uh, as it relates to the NFL. In 2012, he was on a 9-7 and Giants team, and he was the assistant offensive line coach. So basically he came in and he jotted down what the position coach told him to jot down. He was on probably a different <laughs> – that's, that's basically what it is. He was the assistant. So – like when the hit when the actually, position do you actually hold on do you want to do you want to do you want me to read off his Wikipedia line for this? <laughs> yes, give me his Wikipedia line, please. For for the New York Giants, this is quote Wikipedia. This is what it says: After six years at Temple, Rule joined Tom Coughlin's New York Giants as the offensive. I can't even get to this last sentence. As the assistant offensive lines coach with the Giants, Rule coached Super Bowl champions like David Deal, Kevin Booth, and Chris Snee. End of sentence. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stop it. So nine and seven. I like that. You know, I, and this is not me uh, crapping on the Carolina Panthers pick. Super Bowl champions. Yeah, they were already. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I, I'm just trying to figure out where the 60, 70 million come from. And, and I want the fan base to really, like, see what they're getting here. So 2012, he was the position coach. I, I mean, he was the assistant position coach. So basically, he would say what the position coach so it was like an echo in the room like the position coach would be like hey sit your ass down he'd be like yeah sit your ass down. like he literally would that's what the assistant position coach does right so uh i this is this is the problems that i foresee he will have a problem transitioning because it's not easy well it's not easy to win with a salary cap pick like meaning like in college you can go out and you can hand pick the guys that you want there's no salary cap issue. You don't have to worry about that at all. So if I wanted to go sign the Tua's or the the Joe Burrows, granted, if they wanted to come to my university, that that's the only thing that hinders you in signing those guys. 
Well, when you get to the NFL, you got to work with a salary cap. I, I can't go out and say, hey, I want Russell Wilson. I want Aaron Rodgers. I want uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Like, I can't stack my team like that because I don't have the money to do that, right? So it's easier to win when you can handpick your guys versus cap-sensitive guys. Uh, you may be thinking about, oh, Pete Carroll did it. No, Pete Carroll did not do it. I'm going to give you Pete Carroll's background before I finish what it is that I'm about to say. So Pete Carroll's background uh, goes as follows. He was the Buffalo Bills defensive back coach in 84. He was the Minnesota Vikings defensive back coach from 85 to 89. New York Giants, he was the defensive coordinator from 90 to 93. The Jets head coach in 94. Uh, the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers from 95 to 96. And this is a shocker right here because a lot of people don't know this one, Jake. Uh, Pete Carroll was the head coach of the New England Patriots from 97 to 99. Obviously, he didn't do well because all we talk about is Bill Belichick. Uh, USC from 2001 to 2009. So people picked up Pete Carroll from 2001 to 2009 and be like, oh, he went straight from college to the NFL and was successful. Newsflash, guys. His first two years with the uh, Seattle Seahawks, even coming back out of college, 9-7, 9-7, then 13-3, he picked up. I'm basically telling you this, Carolina Panther fans. You overpaid for something that you're not going to wait for. It's not like, you know, the Carolina Panther doesn't have the luxury of the Green Bay Packers or have the luxury of the Cowboys or the Steelers, meaning that fan base will stick with you whether you win or whether you lose. In the Carolina fan base, if you're losing, I'm not showing up. I'm not spending my hard-earned money to watch you lose. That's not what we do here in Carolina. We like to see that bright star, that rainbow, or that light at the end of the tunnel. And once we see that, then we're willing to pay for that. But seven years, 60 to $70 million, I don't see it. This is not a great fit for Carolina because that Carolina fan base want to win and they want to win now. We don't want to see the Ron Rivera last two or three years and his first two uh, first two or three seasons, which that's what we're going to see. I don't think the Carolina Panther fans are ready for that. That's my to be honest. <laughs> It was a long to be honest. Was oh like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Your, I was. I've been. Do I get a rebuttal? Do I get the joke? Yeah, you you get a rebuttal. I just I I was okay with it until I saw the seven years, sixty to seventy million dollars, so, and I'm like, whoa, 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 wait. Is this his his resume is not like it took it took. Oh wait, uh, wait hold the, on. Let's let's ahead. talk his resume because like because okay. that's so, I'm gonna say it's funny you said that you were okay with it until so it's funny right. I was okay with everything you said. As in, I have a counter argument, I have a counter argument, I have a counter argument until the last thing. So I'll explain here. What I'll uh, please, say is, please. I, under, I understand rule and I understand the fact of what you had to give to get him away from college. Because as you said, just got an extension from Baylor. It was going to take a lot to take him away from a program, as you're saying, where he has a lot of control. You got to leap to the NFL. You're going to have to have a situation as what is the Panthers are doing is they're giving him a scientific department. He's into the analytics. He's into going down this road of using both sides of just the coaching and understanding that you need some of the analytics with it. He's not only an analytics guy, but he wants a sports science department. He wants some of that control. So I think that's why you didn't see him go to a team like the Giants, which is just crazy for the fact that the guy grew up there, has coached for the Giants, it kind of tells you that, hey, you know what, maybe Gettleman, and we're going to get to that. But right. here's here's the resume. This is why Rule got what he got. Okay. So Rule got I'm, what he I'm got because you, I'm telling you, because you just mentioned you're saying from college you get to pick guys, unless you're the coach of Temple. 
You don't get to pick anybody when you go to Temple. And he went from a Temple team, first year there, 2-10, and 6-6, six and 10-4, six, and four, freaking Temple. Got him inside the top 25 into a bowl game. 2016, inside the top 25, 10-4 game, to a bowl game. He leaves Temple, goes to Baylor, which everybody knows what happened with Baylor. That program got destroyed by what happened. He goes from Temple to Baylor because of that success. First year there, 1-11 because they blew up the program. Next year, gets them winning 7-6. This past year, 11-3 inside the top 10 goes to the Sugar Bowl. That's why. That's why you have the resume. Now, where I will agree with you, D'Angelo, is your very last point. See, I think Rule had the resume. I think Rule has the pedigree to potentially succeed. We do have a lot more failures than we do have success stories when we talk about the NFL. But the last part give, I give me one. Is, just give me one. I just want one. The, one that came straight from two, college. Switzer and Jimmy Johnson. Those are the only two great success stories we have. More I hate often it. than not. Why did you have to go Cowboys? Oh. Because they're the only ones that I can go. Because most of them, you're pointing. A lot of people don't even realize that like some of the coaches that have succeeded did what the Pete Carroll situation was, was had yes. stints in the NFL that people don't remember, went back to college, came back and had success. We right. remember plenty of the failures because they oh, yeah, yeah. bombed I, and, like Steve and, Spurrier. And the one that I did leave out was the no, 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 not his career. I'm talking about the guy, Nick Saban, uh, won all the national championships, had a great stint in college, came to Miami Dolphins, and had to go back because he couldn't deal with it. He couldn't handpick his guys, and because he couldn't right. handpick his guys, he couldn't win with the guys that he was allotted. So he went back to college, and now he's still the guy, and he's probably up-seated Bear Bryant. He's going to probably go down regarded as one of the best college coaches to ever coach in this game. You know who you didn't mention in also? college? Who? Is Chip Kelly, who is actually not having success going back to college so far, <laughs> at least, which is kind of kind of funny in that aspect. But here's the last point I'll agree with. This is where I agree with you. Yes. I don't understand the fit. I actually think he would have fit with the Giants because the Giants aren't ready to contend next year. I think he would have right? fit with the like like the Bengals or teams like that. No, 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 no. He wouldn't what fit with the said- Bengals. See, see, see. That, that's that's what. That's what you have to you well, gotta find you gotta find an organization that has the allure that the fans will still show up if the if the team's not winning. You gotta go to one of those no, see, teams. I don't think I don't think that's the problem as much as like so I will agree with you for two let me let me sparse it out a little bit. Okay. I agree with you if you're a team like the Panthers who have pieces to win now. I I disagree. I think he would fit with the Bengals because the the Bengals are in a the fans know this. The fans are whether or not it's like they want to win. They're not Jay, can I cut you? Can I, can I can I cut you off, yeah. Jake, just real quick? Yeah. So you, yeah. I, I, I want to make sure I get this right. You saying that you're you're saying that the Carolina Panthers have pieces to get you to to win now. Yes. You're not saying I, we're not talking about a piece as in Christian McCaffrey. We're talking about no. pieces with an S because there's nobody yes. outside of Christian McCaffrey right now with what they have in place that can get them to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Cam Newton, DJ Moore, Luke Keekley. Well, we don't we don't even know. Plural. We don't know if Cam Newton's coming back or not. We don't know if he fits this new guy's system. Right. Like so we don't Maybe. know that. Oh, well so that's that's my point. Is that's why I agree with you is I don't understand the fit because I'm assuming like let's assume for the moment that Cam Newton does come back next year. Right. So I, I I'll, here's where I I don't think the fit goes either way. Here's so let me let me finish this whole statement and then you jump back in, D'Angelo. So if they have the pieces we see that rule works in three years. He's done it twice. He's re- resurrected the Temple program and then resurrected the Baylor program. Very 
admirably with Baylor. The problem is, if you have pieces to win now, Cam Newton does come back. You don't want three years. On the no. flip side, if you're taking the long-term approach, and that's why you gave him seven years, you're wasting Christian McCaffrey. You're wasting Luke Keekley, You're wasting DJ Moore's best. You're wa- similar to the Giants. You're wasting some yes. of the best years of your best talent. So that's where I don't, I don't get the fit either way. Makes sense. Makes sense. I, I, I didn't even look at it from that point of view, but you're absolutely right. We know based on history as a college only head coach or college upside period, there's two out of 46 million that came before them that tried to do it, that couldn't do it. So we're going to hinder on the two and be like, oh yeah, he he's definitely the talented enough to come in and do that. Whereas let's just be honest. We don't know what the quarterback situation is in Carolina. We know what the running back situation is. Right. We know what the linebacker situation is. What what year is this for Luke Keekley? He can't do this for the rest of his life. He probably have no. four or five more prime years as leading the league in tackles and doing what it is that he doing, barring injury. But then after that, who do you got? And I know you said DJ Moore, but we couldn't tell how good he was this year because he didn't have a quarterback to get him the ball. I think the fact that he did as much as he did with the quarterback play is a good testament. So hey, to your I, point, Luke, Luke, Luke Keekley is going to be 29 next year to your point. Right. That's what I'm saying. So he has four or five good years and then he's he's going to be another player. Uh, you know, even the best when they, they taper down. I mean, ask Tom Brady, even when they taper down and they get old, they become more. They, I mean, they're just they're not immortal anymore. They're mortal. They're just like you and I when it comes to playing football uh, because all their best years are behind them and you're squandering that by going out hiring a college coach. I, I still don't understand. Like there was other college coaches that they could have chose from. that have a better resume than him. Like they could have chose yeah, even, you know, they could have went out to Norvell. Hell he went to the uh, uh, Florida state. Like there's a lot of coaches that are transitioning and changing to have better resumes. But you said that the only reason why they chose this guy because of analytic. No, no. I said that's part of it. I said, yeah, that's part of it. But you resume. see what I'm saying? You don't he think there was other coaches in college? He turned around two programs. He turned around two programs where, like you just said, you don't get to pick your talent. You're not picking talent at Temple, and you weren't picking Temple at Baylor because Baylor's program got blown up. Okay. So you, you think, he, can he win in the NFL? I think if you gave me an odds at a 10 compared to some of the recent ones, I say he's got better ass than Chip Kelly. Absolutely. That's not, that's not what I asked you. On odds on a scale of one to ten, them winning and going a, to a playoff game in the first three years. What do you give him well, in the three, first three year. years? Hey, I'll I'll give I'll give you seventy five percent third year. That's what I'm. So on. first two years. <laughs> so you said that they got to go through the two year drought to get to that third year. Do you think Carolina is, fan yeah. base can handle that? Uh, well, have we seen the Carolina fan base and how quickly they wanted Ron Rivera out of there? <laughs> they're, they're, the mo- what, they're one of the most fickle fan bases because I had a friend here who's a Panthers fan. who's like, get rid of Ron Rivera. Oh, we're going to the Super Bowl. Never mind. Ron Rivera's great. <laughs> oh, we're suck again. Get rid of Ron Rivera. Like- <laughs> right. That's That was my two, to be honest. Uh, that's all I have, Jake. You know uh, who? On you, that. Hold on, hold on. You know who that Panthers fan base is? You know who they are? They're the guy... Dating a girl that are always looking over their shoulder for the next one to move on. And they're just kind of like, well, not until I find somebody better. All right, I'll stick with this girl or even a girl no, with the I, guy. Either way, it's, it's yes. they're always looking for something better. But see, this is what I always hear when it comes to that fan base or when it comes to the Carolina Panther fan base. They, they were established in 95. So because they haven't been established for a long time and before they were established, people were Redskins fans and 
fans of other teams. So people are they don't have the the rich tradition as like, you know, the teams that was established in the 1930s or the 40s or the 50s. And I'm thinking to myself, like, OK, I mean, I if that's what you want to do. But I, I was like, you do like it's 2020 now. You was established in 95. You don't think that's enough time to like really root yourself in a team? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm kind of with you on that one. <laughs> like, yeah, like how like, how long do you have to be around? Like, I'll be honest about it. Like the Cleveland, they left and came back, and forget that Baltimore, the team that yes. left was originally the Browns. They've got a better fan base than the Panthers do. Yes, and and this is not us ragging on the Carolina Panther fan base or ragging on the team. We just well, not for me. I'm just speaking facts because <laughs> a lot of people call me a hater because, but apparently because I play for them, I shouldn't. Uh, speak facts about them in a negative way because if I do then everybody's pissed off at oh, me you hate when I speak facts right apparently I hate everybody including you Jake and that's not that's not the truth the, the <laughs> fact is is we're speaking facts we're trying to understand how a guy gets seven years 60 to 70 million when John Gruden leaves come back they pay him 100 million dollars for 10 years this is on par with John Gruden you do realize this is on par with John Gruden I know, a hundred percent. It's just three years less. <laughs> yes. I just, I, so hey, if it, for the Carolina Panther fans that are listening to us right now, you tell us why you would give this guy that has college experience only John Gruden money. How about this? <laughs> Tell us if you're a fan of this or not. And then in six months when you change your mind, tell us why you changed your mind. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? That's a better one. That's a better one. What do we got on tap for today, Jake? <laughs> uh, well, we're going to stick with this for a second. It's going to be a lot of, hey, you're telling us what it feels like as a player day. That's, that's what you're yeah. going to tell us. Because okay. We, I want And here's the, let's stick with this real quick because I want to know, okay. it, as the player, when things are like this are going on, you hear the coach that you're behind might get fired or you have somebody new come in. And like, so an example with Matt Rule is apparently they're talking about bringing in somebody similar to the situation with the this, the Rams and bringing in an experienced coach to be the assistant where you have kind of that experience to also have a second voice. Like, what is it when the voices are changing and there's a style? And I'll give you examples. We're going to talk about the Giants, I know, because that's what to be whoa, honest. Whoa, but whoa, 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 Jake. Whoa, whoa, Jake. Before you say what you're about to say, if I pay a guy, if I give him seven mm -hmm. years, 60 to 70 million, I don't need a fucking second voice. I just paid <laughs> you for your voice, your voice only. What do you mean we bringing in? So I got to pay more money for an experienced guy that's just going to play assistant? No, oh, no, that's no, the I, Giants. That, no, 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 hold on. That's the Giants one. The the one with oh, Matt Rules. Matt Rules okay. apparently bringing in Sean Ryan, the guy he wanted for an OC last year. He's the quarterback's coach of the Lions. So but that, that's my question for you for there. Okay. I guess – I don't want should should I do my you tell me should I do the to be honest now or should I save it for the end because we're gonna you know what you know I, I want to hear your to be honest you don't have to wait to the end dude this is our podcast we do what we <laughs> want to do if you want to put it there it sounds like this is a perfect fit for your to be honest because I just ran right. and raved about my team or one of the teams that you know I play for it's your opportunity now because apparently it's about the Giants it is it is and, and, and before so, you say what you're about to say I think your coaching fit is perfect. I, well, so this is uh, this is gonna be good though. I really want to hear this because, to be honest, D'Angelo, yes, the Giants are the biggest effing organization fail in football right now. A hundred percent. 
Oh, I gotta hear this. I gotta hear this. Go ahead. I gotta hear this. Joke. They are the biggest mockery. The Redskins are no longer number one because they at least got rid of Bruce Allen. The Giants are now 100% number one, the biggest joke in an organization. They have owners who can't get on the same page that you have Mara talking about. He hasn't talked to Tish and Tish hasn't talked to Mara. And one guy's, you have owners that aren't on the same page. So you have two owners that aren't even there. So that's actually pretty similar to the Redskins situation where it's just one idiot in the control. And this is now two idiots. You have the worst GM in sports who mocks analytics, mocks things, and then says, oh, maybe I was wrong. Let me go hire some computer science guys that are that still doesn't even know what the hell he's talking about. Has done a miserable job with this team. Took Daniel Jones. And then this organization says, you know what? We screwed up with Pat Shermer. Everybody knows that. Pat Shermer's yeah. failed before as a head coach. He needs to go back to being an offensive coordinator. But instead of cleaning house, they fire the head coach, keep the idiotic GM, because now we're bringing in Joe Judge, who you think is a perfect fit. We'll get to him in a second. But we're bringing in this guy, whereas what if this team goes 2-14, and 3-13 again next year? So now you got to fire Gettleman. And keep the head coach and bring in a new GM who might not like the head coach. This organization is a joke. And this organization apparently wanted Matt Rule, who's been with them before and want, you know, has coached with them, grew up in New York. They can't even get him off the plane out of <laughs> I, Carolina. It's, <laughs> he doesn't really want to talk to them because he doesn't want to deal with freaking Gettleman. So you know what they did, D'Angelo? You know why, Joe? Ju- I'll tell you why before you even give me the answer. You know why Joe <laughs> Judge is the perfect fit? You know why he's the perfect fit? Why? Because he's a special teams coach who has no clout. So Gettleman can bring him in and still have control and not have to deal with somebody like Rule or McDaniels or somebody who wants to be able to control a team. No, he can just stick him under his thumb and take control. And he's got no background to have any backbone and say anything to Gettleman. So he did. The Giants hired Judge because they hired somebody who would actually work for this organization because that's all was left is 3 a.m. at the bar. It was closing time. And this is the only person left that wanted to go home with them, D'Angelo. <laughs> You are pissed off, bro. Are you okay? Are you? You was just talking about me, but you were worse. You were way worse. <laughs> I'm this so is why, done with this organization. I, I'm gonna tell you why, in a positive way, why Joe Judge. I I totally understand. Like he definitely wants a coach that he can tell what it is that he need to do. Obviously, when I was with the Carolina Panthers, whenever he would be at practice. And like most of the players had conversations with him versus our head coach, because whenever he would make moves, our head coach sometimes wouldn't even know. Like, oh, I didn't know that that was happening. Oh, we're firing it. Like, because he was making all the moves. So it's a great fit for him. But this is why I say it's a great fit for the New York Giants organization. Hear me out, Jake. I know you're, you're upset and you're pissed off, but you can calm down, put the flamethrower up, don't burn your jerseys, and change your dog name just yet. Okay, this is why. He come from the Patriots offense. They feel like, hey, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. He's been around that tree for many years now. He has a Super Bowl experience. He has what he's been around Bill Belichick, so he knows what it takes to win. They're hoping that what Bill Belichick did, like the whole Bill Parcells thing, everybody from Bill Parcells coaching staff when he left went other places and in some form or fashion was successful because they bit off of Bill Parcells coaching coaching strategy right so this is what they're hoping like hey i understand joe judge we're not going to pay you a lot of money because we understand that we're in a rebuilding stage we get that we don't know who our quarterback's going to be we know that there's a lot of people that don't like our gm but you like our gm no the quarterback is daniel jones there's no question about it right right but but no 
no, I'm I'm talking about from a standpoint of winning ball games. Like, is he okay. ready to win ball games? I'm talking about to actually win games, not be in them and then lose them late or not even show up and play at all. They got the running back, they got the quarterback, they got to build that offensive line. You know, the defense is in shambles uh, in certain areas or just all together. Period. Uh, so with that being said, they got to fix that. They knew that. So they didn't want to spend a lot of money on a head coach. We're going to spend a lot of money in other areas because we got to shore up a lot of other stuff. Joe Judge is perfect because he's going to come in and he's going to give you somewhat of that Bill Belichick way. That's what we need. We need structure <laughs> with the New York Giants. We need wait, structure. Wait, so hold on. It's hold the structure on, aspect. I'm, hold on. But I'm going to come back to something that you said when you thought I was talking about Matt Rule. So yes. no, you're not paying him ten million a year. No, but you bring in Joe Judge, and the rumor is that the Giants are going to bring in Jer- Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator. Yes, similar yes. to what I was That's talking about. Perfect. So that's perfect. Because you like it? I I like that, and this is why I like that. Joe this Judge, we're, this, we're paying believe. we're playing like Joe Judge. What three, four million dollars? Maybe a little bit more than that. I don't know that's exactly. I, I, How good I were the wide receivers for the Patriots last year? Go ahead. Right, right. Go ahead. Just, just listen to what I'm saying, though. We paying Joe Judge <laughs> three or four million dollars. We can bring in an offensive coordinator that has head coach experience, make him the assistant head coach. We could give him two million dollars. We just essentially got two coaches for six million dollars. Carolina just got one for ten. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're gonna get their second so, for like a, a one, so like two. Right, for but, but but you see what I'm but you see what I'm saying. That's my whole point. Like, w- if we can save money and who we choose is our head so, coach, hold on, you're and talking he about listened a to New York GM. organization needing to save money. That's what well, I'm, we're I'm saying. About I, hey, at this point in time, you're gonna have to play Saquon Barkley because he gonna he gonna demand a lot because Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Daniels no, is gonna take a while for if him. He's smart. He gets the hell out of there. Yeah, but he's not going anywhere. That, there's no way the Giants let Saquon Barkley go. Let's just be honest. No, they're gonna have to franchise him. They're gonna franchise him. And they're gonna keep franchising he's... him because it's cheaper to franchise yeah. tag him than it would be to give him a contract. So he's not going no, anywhere. If he's smart. He pulls a levy on Bell. That's what he's. Smart. Yeah, that, he's that, that's what he's gonna have to do. And I don't think he's that type of kid because he hasn't had any success as it Can relates we go talk to, to team him? success. <laughs> make, we we probably should. We should probably have him on this podcast and try to talk him <laughs> into like, hey, you probably want to make some moves, man, because it's gonna be a while before you know they get a little bit better. Um, but with that being said, I think Joe Judge is the perfect fit for the Giants. One because the GM is obviously pulling the strings. I can get Jason Garrett in here and he could be our offensive coordinator and our assistant coach with no power versus him just leading the power uh, stricken, you know, uh, Cowboys. Absolutely. I control. I'm the puppet master as the GM. I get to control Joe Judge and I get to control Jason Jarrett. So that stepping order, that stepping order. So it's going to be some times when Joe Judge sit down and he have a conversation with uh, Jason Garrett and they're going to butt heads. They're going to absolutely butt heads. So uh, that's where I want you to come in as the player. So when you have, when you hear and you're maybe your coaches, your plural or, you know, have disagreements or, you know, you have a change like this happens. Well, like what's going through as a player? Like, are you worried that you might not like your own fit? Like behind well, these well, coaches, because it's kind of similar to college in a way. Well, I can tell you things that I've heard. And this is and this is why I say these things that I've heard, because when coaches butt heads, they don't ever butt heads in front of players, because when you do that, then, you know, you become a distraction uh, 
as it relates to like, damn, who should we listen to? Should we listen to this guy? Or should we listen to this guy? So what happens is, and this is when I say what I've heard. So when I was when, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Keith Butler was our defensive coordinator. Obviously, everybody know that Coach Tomlin was a defensive coordinator sometime. He was a damn good one, right? That's how he got the job. So with that being said, it was a lot of talk on the defense sometime. Like, man, you know, this is Coach Tomlin's defense. And some people was like, nah, 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 it's Bud's defense. So that let me know right there that if it was any budding of heads, it happened behind closed doors because even the players didn't know. You see what I'm saying? So you, they don't even know who's making the call. Is it Tomlin making the call? Is it Coach Tomlin making the call? Or is it Coach Butler making the call? Obviously, we hear Coach Butler's uh, voice coming through the headset to the Mike linebacker, but whose call is it really? Because nobody ever knows. So if they're butting heads, they're butting heads behind closed doors, doors and nobody understands like, okay, who is it coming from? So you'll get some chatter like that, but you won't ever get any chatter like, Oh, like it happened like, hey, damn it, I want you to run this play. Why are you running? Like they won't ever do it in front of us because if they did it in front of us, then we know that there's a riff and there's a divide. And just like humans, just like kids, when you see that your parents are arguing or something like that, you know, you can take advantage of one versus the other. Like you just pin them against each other. Like, yeah, you know, so-and-so said to do it this way. Well, you know, you do it this way right here. Like, okay, that's the way I want to do it anyway. All right. So you go to the one that's going to side with you. And that's what they don't want you to do because then you splinter the team that way. So they'll never have this fight in front of the team. But behind closed doors, oh, that's going to be awesome. Joe Judge, Jason Garrett, and Gettleman in the same damn room disagreeing? Oh, man, that's going to be awesome. Good luck, Giants. Good luck. <laughs> well, let's real quick talk about the last one we didn't even talk about. Your thoughts on Mike McCarthy with the Cowboys? Oh, bro, I, you know, this, this, is, this, is, this is what bothers me about the Mike McCarthy hire, right? So everybody, and it's all fan base. I'm not talking about like the realistic Cowboy fans because they don't they don't exist, okay? Everybody lives in the fantasy world. Uh, posted by my tweets and my, my social media. Soon as they hired Mike McCarthy, everybody was like, oh, we the Super Bowl because they thought Jason Garrett was the problem. I'm going to put a little bit on Jason Garrett, right? I'll give him just a little bit. Granted, he wasn't the offensive coordinator. You know, they they got a job to do. The defensive coordinator got a job to do. It's not like the defense was just stopping people, right? So Mike right. McCarthy won how many Super Bowls with the Green Bay Packers? One. Right. And he did it he did it with one of the best uh best quarterbacks to ever play the game. And I'm saying one. I'm not saying he is the best. I'm saying uh skill vision Aaron Rodgers right now is top three in anybody's pick right now he's a future hall of famer let's just be honest okay right right that's not even close to that and you're gonna tell me that you're going to the Super Bowl he won one with this phenomenal Aaron Rodgers and he comes to the Dallas Cowboys and you're gonna tell me that oh we're going to the ship no, 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 you're going to the couch is where you're going because he doesn't have that quarterback that he had in Aaron Rodgers. Like, let's just be realistic. He's going to struggle the first one or two years like all the other coaches before him because he's got to get used to that Dallas Cowboy way. You know what the Dallas Cowboy way is? Jerry Jones. That's the Cow Dallas Cowboys way. That's He's the head coach. He's the OC. He's the DC. Regardless of what anybody say, like, oh, no, Jerry Jones, let them do what they're supposed to do. I, I don't believe it. I do not believe it because Jerry Jones in the National Football League is what Kraft wants to be. 
That's why Kraft and Belichick and Tom Brady are are considered so the best trio. Right. So when you think of the Cowboys, Jerry Jones is the first thing to jump to mind. Then you go back to like the Super Bowls that they won in the 90s. But Jerry Jones is the Cowboys. So, no, uh, Mike McCarthy does not have full control over the Cowboys. He has very limited control. And I think what you're going to see is the same thing that Jason Garrett gave you. And then in two or three years, Jason Garrett going to come back and be like, man, you know, everybody thought it was me, but now you see what's going on. He's doing the same thing that I did. You won't be able to tell because unless Mike McCarthy is real about this whole whatever, like this journey he went on in self-exploration, learning himself this past year and analytics and blah, blah, whatever wow. it was. Like he's ch- a changed coach. Like we've heard that before. And how many times has that actually I, I'm, te- I'm telling you right now, but, every time no, I go well, to so the bathroom, I learn something new about myself. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with McCarthy is he's the same. You're right one way. He's a safe-ass coach. He's not yes. taking a ton of risk. Like, no, at least he went for it on fourth down a couple of times. But so as Ezekiel Elliott, as Dak Prescott, seeing somebody who comes in who doesn't do a lot of play action, who does a lot of vanilla, hey, look, they're running three wide again, and they're running three wide again. And they're like, he's just the same thing all the time. And this was the big rift between Aaron Rodgers and McCarthy towards the end was stop being so damn predictable. People at home who've never even played the game knows what's coming. Like as a player, this if you're on the hor- Cowboys right now, it's Are a horrible move like, for Mike McCarthy. It's a horrible move. It's I I don't know why he for took McCarthy the job. or Maybe for the players. No, no, from it's a it's a horrible from the players. Mainly this right here. Everybody know that Dak Prescott he's up. Everybody knows that Amari he's up. Uh, we know that Zeke just got paid. As far as like structure of contracts and like you do know he has to deal with this. He has to make right. the decision based off players that he hadn't like really seen play. Because when you're when you're on another team, you see guys, but you don't see guys see guys, right? Like you don't know. Okay, mm-hmm. this guy can make plays. He can make plays. And then like, who's to say if he was there last year that he'd pay Zeke? So you got to understand. Like, so that may be a button of his, depending on who you know Jerry Jones want to pay. Uh, his first meeting when he sit down when he signed this contract. The next thing he has to do now, he has to figure out, like, how can I pay Dak Prescott or do I let Dak Prescott hit the open market? Do I, you know, do I try to pay Amari Cooper? Like, he goes right into contract negotiations. Like, not, hey, let's see what we can get better at on the field. He has to go right to the office, whip out the paper, and figure out how I can figure out this contract situation because we got guys up on defense, we got guys up on offense, and these are not, like, guys. These are key marquee guys these are the nucleus of the team so if they're the nucleus of the team and you know who knows does Dak Prescott fit the Aaron Rodgers mold and let's just be honest it's not like McCarthy was putting him in a position to win football games like Aaron Rodgers was doing some ridiculous stuff we was like, I mean, we can all go back to a, a Green Bay play where we just like, well, he threw up a Hail Mary and it was a touchdown interception. Like, guys just making plays. Oh, not even that. You Wait, that's what I'm from, saying. Oh, like, you heard from players, the tight end. Like, everybody leaving the team was like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers would get the play call and be like, nope, not doing that. Right, that's what – and, and they butted heads, right? But he don't have that problem in Dallas. But the problem he is going to have is the fact that we're going to find out if he's a really good coach or not because Dak and those guys are going to listen to him because he coached Aaron Rodgers. May not have had, you know, a great relationship with him, and we get on the phone as players. Like, if I'm Dak, he done already picked up the phone. He done had a conversation with Aaron Rodgers. What did you like about him? What did you dislike about him? So he's already kind of formulating his opinion about the coach before you even meet him. 
because Aaron Rodgers right. spent X amount of years with him. And we all got each other's phone number. We've all experienced the same stuff. So, yeah, he's definitely – they've already did their homework, and that already gazed Dak on, okay, so, you know, he's a player's coach. Is he just like – is he a Bill Belichick-type coach? Like, what kind of coach he is? Because now I can say, okay, I drop it 5 or $6 million because this sounds like a coach I want to play for. Oh, this is not a coach I want to play for? Oh, I need $10 million more because I'm, I'm going to already be unhappy. I'm going to need to pull up my bank account to be like, oh, okay. All right, that's why I do it. Okay, all right, yeah, I'm back happy again. So there's a there's a right, reason well, why you do your homework on the coaches that are coming in. So can I talk about somebody who's not happy right now? Well, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you want to talk about the Patriots and not being happy and the Patriots getting not like oh, oh I, I, I have been I was hundred so percent wrong about that. So I know I I've never I tweeted that out, D'Angelo. I said I've never been more happy to be wrong. Like I thought, oh. there no way the Patriots were losing this game. But I love it. But that's not, I don't want to talk about that game from that aspect. I mean, you can if you want. But the question I have for you, and this isn't taking a shot at you. Like, you, everybody, uh, no, like, no, at, no. At, at, what? No, what? Uh, <laughs> you're not going to take a shot at me. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. We're so, on the same team here. Unless you, know. uh, so, unless you like Shannon Sharp me with the whole Orlando Scandrick thing, then I'm a problem. No, 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 no. This okay. is just like every player of all time has had to go, go through this. I'm going to have to do right. it at some point with my career. Yes. When you're Tom Brady, what yes. does it feel like and what's going through your head of the, is it time to call it quits? Because I'll give you an example of something I saw. I've never been in your boots, but so I was at the Mike Tallman, like I told you, the Hampton Rose Youth Foundation and yes. Mike Vick was there. Uh, Antrial role was there, uh, and um, the safety for the Giants right now that I can't think that they just picked up from the Cardinals. Uh, I'm having a trouble thinking of this, but anyway, he was there, and he was the one that he's sitting there, and he's like, you know, I, I haven't got a lot of offers. I don't know if I want to go play here. I don't want to play. And Vic and Roll both turned to him and said, "Don't stop, because as soon as you say no, you're not going to get any more contracts. If you want to play, go play." So that's the only experience I've ever seen. And I was actually a little bit surprised because I can understand being on the side of like, do I really want to go through this aggravation? We see Strahan at the end of his career with the Giants. He didn't show up until the third week of preseason. Like, what is going through your head, D'Angelo, when you're weighing like, do I go one more year? Am I past so, the point of do I want to do this anymore? So there's there's different there's different different type of guys. There's there's money driven guys where like everybody has a number in their head that they want to hit. You know, some people are like five million dollars. Some people are like 60, 70 million dollars. And I'm not talking about like before taxes. I'm talking about in your bank account. Everybody has a number. And once they hit that number, like then they're like, OK, all right, I'm satisfied. Then some people are like, hey, I want to play for as long as I possibly can play. You know, the money doesn't matter to me. Like, I love the game. Granted, they wouldn't work for free because that'll just be stupid. Um but they're saying like, hey, I still want to get paid, but I just can't let this game go because I love it too much what it provides. I love the game and what it provides. You can't have one without the other. Right. Because if you do right. that, then you fall off and you you don't have to retire. They just kick you out. Uh, so with that being said, uh, I'm going to address like two or three things. One, I'm going to address the fact that you can never be old or too old to do a podcast, Jake. So you don't ever have to worry about retirement as it relates to you doing your job. Time. Okay. I like how you try to throw that in there though. I like how you try to throw no, that in it's, there. No, it's, I, uh, look, there's an age cutoff where I'm going to become irrelevant. Like, to be honest. Uh, no, be honest. no, that there's not, not, not when it comes to like only your voice, like, and I'm a, I, I'm just going to throw this out there. Me and you both. I think we both got a face for radio. 
uh, or podcast because that's what we're doing. <laughs> nah, so no, as long as TV, you can talk, just realize it. <laughs> so as long as we know that you know you always be relevant as long as you're on social media and you keep up with the times you'll be fine two as a player uh when you i i'll, I'll speak about myself so I, I i thought about all the stuff that i missed when you hit 30 and like 35 that's when the older generation start dying off and you know going to funerals and 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 going to wakes and you know, having to schedule things around that. Like I, I tell people all the time, like my first two kids, you know, I got videos of them walking. I, I, I wasn't there when they took their first steps because I was at work and you, you really give up a lot to play this game. Granted, the, the compensation is amazing, but you give up a lot as it relates to family. This is me. So when I got cut from Carolina, uh, you know, my mom was, you know, she was sick right there in the end. And I told her, I was like, look, you know, I'm done with football. And she was like, no, 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 no. You're going to need this. You're going to need, you know, your teammates and stuff like that. So had it hadn't been for my mom, like I would have been done after, you know, my season nine with the Carolina Panthers because I'd already hit the number in my bank account that I wanted to hit. I was I was done football because, you know, I was fighting, you know, for me, it was for my mom, you know, my my wife and kids. Like I wasn't, you know, it was bigger than me. So that was the only reason why I was playing. And after losing my mom, I'm like, well, you know, my wife and kids would be fine because we hit the number that we wanted to hit. So, you know, I'm done. But when my mom told me to keep going, that's why I signed a two year deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So after we played the first year and I made it to the AFC championship game, I'm like, dang, I got one more year. And I was contemplating that. I had a couple teams reach out, uh, you know, uh, after I was done that year, even, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, they reached out. And I was like, nah, you know, I'm I'm done. I, I just I don't want to play anymore, you know, and and at this point, when you don't want to play anymore, and your contract's up. You, there's nothing you have to do. Whereas if you're under contract and you decide like, you know what, I'm going to retire, then, you know, some the team may come back from come back to you and want some of the signing bonus back or some of the funds back that you receive. So it's a lot easier to retire when your contract's up. And there's there's not a lot of red tape versus, you know, you see guys come back like, damn, he should have retired last year. Well, hell, he didn't want to pay that money back. So because he didn't want to pay that money back, you know, he came and played. Perfect example is when Andrew Luck decided, like, you know what, I'm going to retire. He could the team could have came out to twenty five million dollars. But they said, no, we're going to eat that. Go ahead and ride off into the sunset. Like, imagine that a team, they could have recouped twenty five million dollars, Jake. And they was like, you know what? You did a lot for this team. Go ahead. How You see all the bad stuff with teams like, oh, we got him, you know, practicing. He's fine. We cut him because you, you can't cut a hurt player. You can, but then, you know, there's a grievance after that. There's so much that protect players and then there's so much that protect teams. But for a team to say, hey, you know what? Go ahead and keep the $25 million. Had it been reversed and they wanted their $25 million, it could have been an uproar or it could have made sense. But there's a lot of red tape when you want to retire under contract versus that's why a lot of people, once their contract's up, people are like, are they coming back? Are they not coming back? Like, that's what the allure is because you can retire after your contract's up and there's no red tape attached. You literally just don't have to sign a contract. But if you're under contract, then that's when all the red tape come in and you got to see, hey, you know, if I got all my guaranteed money, is there anything in the contract that say I have to pay back X amount of dollars if I retire early? You know, there's a lot of language in your contract that protects the team in relation to you retiring. All right. 
So do you think Brady should call it quits or you should keep going as long uh, as he yes. can? Yes. Brady should definitely call it. He's done everything that you want you could do. I mean, what else can – at this point, you can pay man in yourself. You can literally shit on your career. That's <laughs> I, that Literally, that's uh, what you know, he can do. I was thinking Joe – I was thinking Joe Montana too. If he yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even Jerry game. Rice. Like when he went to the Raiders, I was like, what are you doing? You just shut it. Like there, there's some Everybody people. Everybody forgets about that Jerry Rice. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I, I don't understand. Like so, I, so you, you look at Jerry Rice. You look at Joe Montana. You look at, uh, you know, Peyton Manning. You look at some of these guys that if they were, if they would have retired a year before that, they would have been like they would have rolled off into the sunset. Granted, Peyton Manning rolled off into the sunset, but he wasn't on that steed that a lot of people talk about. He was on a donkey when he rolled off. <laughs> And all the steeds was in front of him when that defense is what I'm talking about. So there's a lot of things that, that play into this. Like right now, Brady can retire. But again, I don't know what the language say in his contract. That's the same thing with Peyton Manning. Jerry Rice decided well, that he wanted to. free agent. Right. So with that being said, like I, with that language in his contract, he can retire and not have to pay anything back. I, I don't think the, the New England Patriots would do that, but that's Bill Belichick's team. So, I mean, I don't know if he want to prove a point. Like, you think I'll let you just keep this money? Like, I understand, you know, we had this relationship. But at this point in time, I got to set. I'm going to still be here. You not. So I got to set a president. So if any player come behind you, if I got you, then they know for a fact that they can't even try it. That's, hey, that, I, yeah, that, that, I, that's I my it. whole point. So I, I think Brady should shut it down and walk off into the sunset as one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play this game. He's arguably one of the best, or if not I don't know. the I, best. I, I'll give you one. I do I do want this, just only because we can put it to the rest. We can say who's the one that's more deserving. Is it Bilicek or Brady? I want to see Brady go to the Buccaneers and then have the Bilicek have to find a new quarterback, and then we can see. We can test. We can actually have it happen. We, like we if Brady can. just retires – that's what I'm saying. But if Brady just retires, we'll never have a real answer. I want to see Brady go to somewhere like the Buccaneers and see if he can pull it off there. And th- and that's what's going to happen. That if if he's smart, he can retire. And it sounds like the language that he had because he found out. And I and the greatest the greatest example of a guy retiring and influencing other guys is this right here. When Gronk retired and didn't play this year, and that was his bailout weapon to get out of trouble and not take the hits that he was hitting. And Gronk's calling him every day. I'm sure they stay in touch because they were best friends. They stay in touch and Gronk's like living his best life, telling him like, oh man, you know how the body feel, man. You look great out there, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you ask them like some of my buddies now in the NFL that still play, they call me and be like, man, you enjoying retirement? Like, yeah, man, I ain't wore watching like, you know, six months because I ain't got nowhere I got to be. Uh, you know, it feels great. My body's not beat up, man. I saw you took that shot last week, man. You cool? You was limping a little bit. Everything fine? You know, how's the wife and kids? Like, oh, yeah, you know, they doing the same thing, you know, blah, 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 blah. How's this? So the conversation is different now. It's not like, hey, you know, you coming to team meeting? Like, what time are you going to be at team meeting? Or, you know, I can chat with you, you know, in the chow hall or while we in the locker room. We can talk our talk and do what we do on the field and, you know, make these awesome plays. The conversation different now. You asking me about family, you know, like if 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 I pick up the phone and I'm Tom Brady and, you know, I answer the phone and it's grunk, it's probably a lot of loud music in the background, women drinking. Like, you know how Gronk lived his life. Like, like, yeah, what's up, Tom? What's going on? And, you know, he put him on the phone. Like, hold on, hold on, Tom. Hold on, Tom. 
yeah, it's Tom Brady. Right. He's just calling me, you know, to talk about, you know, uh, a check or something. I, I don't know why the hell he keep calling me about it. But yeah, 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 I'm back, Tom. Hey, hey let, let me call you back, man. I got some friends over, man. We just, you know, we watching the game. No, like, he's, but, he was on New Year's Eve smashing Lego bricks into the ground right. with Steve Harvey looking at him like he was crazy. Right. That's my whole point. He's living his best life. And that that's a strong indication. I, I, I Again, when I was with the Carolina Panthers, uh, Mike Minner retired. And Mike Minner and Mike Rucker were best friends. Mike Minner retired, and I told somebody in the front office, I was like, uh, uh, Rucker going to retire next year. And they was like, nah, he, he ain't going to retire. He retired the year after. You see what I'm saying? So it's it's like, what are you playing for? It, Brady has the money. He has the family. His family has money. Uh, he's won five Super Bowls, or is it six? Is it six? Is it five? It's six. Yeah, six, five or six, or however many he won. Uh, he's he his quarterback percentage is out the roof. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's what else can he do but tarnish his career? Uh, like at this seven. point, you can't get any you can't get any better. That's like Jordan <laughs> yeah, coming back playing seven. for the Wizards. Like he exactly Jordan came back and tried to do that, and what happened? He went to the Wizards, and <laughs> and nobody was like nobody like re- want to remember that he played for the Wizards. I kind of that's well. I that was the only time I ever got to see Jordan. And I still am not that happy about it. So exactly like, right. And you were just like, this the, it, is this the guy that y'all saying is the best in the world? Like what? Oh no, I like, still, I was. We know you know this. We got you, this whole conversation. How right, right, right. About that's what I'm me. saying. I'm a Bulls but fan. you can't beat age, bro. It's going. Every one of no, us is going to age true. out of football. Not necessarily age out of podcast because you know you could talk. Well, you could so, change what you talk about. Your topics can change, but as long as you have a voice, you can do podcasts, you can do radio, you can do TV. But as it relates to doing a physical job. Hold on, hold on. Right. Hold on. This this age thing, because I want to stick with that. That's the perfect segue here. We saw the age thing might have caught up with Drew Brees, too, because the other surprise was I look, you know this, and we did it at the beginning of the season. We talked about it a couple times yeah. throughout the year. The Saints were my Super Bowl pick. They're not. Yes. They're obviously not winning it now, and they were also at home and also got upset. So Drew Brees could be hitting the age thing, but I want to. Uh, that's not what I want to really focus on. I want to talk about our picks for this week. But as we jump into this first game, which I know you're taking your 49ers, absolutely, I am too. 100%. I got to tell you about the low wager, man. My wife got on that too. All right, well, okay, tell me about that. But before you do, I want you to also cut one thing with Stefan Diggs. So in that Vikings game against the Saints, Stefan Diggs was getting so ticked off about not getting the ball. And I mean, look, he's facing Lattimore and Janoris Jenkins. Like, like, give some credit to the people you're facing, dude. But anyway, so angry, yelling at Kirk Cousins, chucked his helmet on the sideline. And then on the flip side, the funny thing was that Marshawn Lattimore actually was yelling at his assistant coach after the touchdown drive that they gave up. Like, I want you to, before you talk about your wager, I want you to talk about, like, in this game with the Vikings going on, because both of those happened in the Vikings game. Like, yes. What's going on with the players? Like, if well, you're involved, if you're not involved, like, what's going this, on with this these is, situations? This is what's going on. This is what's going on. And and this is as, as simple as I can say it. It's the coaches. Sometimes you got to outperform coaching. The coaches putting players in messed up situations to where there's no way I can win. Like, you got me in cover three, and in cover three, if I run an out route, he's wide open because I can't cover that. 
you know, if you got me in halves, like I can't cover anything underneath. I, I know this for somebody else, but if you got them blitzing, blitzing and got me in halves because you think they're going to run something, like that's stupid. I'm telling you what's working. Like, let's run what I'm comfortable running. If I can stick this guy man to man, just put me in man to man. There's nothing else he can do. <laughs> Like, let me do my job. If you want me to shut this guy down, I'm telling you the best place for me is this. But coaches are like, hey, you know, I get paid to coach. I get paid to talk. You get paid to play. I get paid to talk. So I know what it is that I'm talking about. Okay, you look out there, and then you're making the player look bad. You damn right I'm going to have some conversations on the sideline. So with that being said, Stephon Diggs, if I'm your number one guy, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, if I'm your number one guy, uh, AB when he was on the team. If I'm your number one guy, uh, 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 Amendola or Edelman. If I'm your number one guy, not sure if Amendola is the number one guy in Detroit. But with that being said, no. is he still in Detroit? He's still in Detroit, right? Kenny Galladay. <laughs> Kenny okay, Galladay. Yeah, but whoever. No, he's if, actually a free agent this year. Right. If if I'm Amari Cooper and I haven't had any targets, you're not throwing it my way. And when you do throw it my way, I'm not. I every everything is designed. For me to be double coverage, just like everybody was talking about, like, why wouldn't you throw it uh, to um, uh, why wouldn't you throw it to OBJ when he's one on one with a guy? Well, the fact of the matter is this 80 percent of the time he's double covered, 20 percent of the time he's man to man. So what do we play as an offense? We play the odds. 80 percent in the National Football League is 100 percent. So we're going to focus on the 80 percent because if we focus on the 20, then we hit or miss the entire game. We're playing a guessing game. So we're going to play the odds. We're going to go 80 percent. This is what we think they're going to do. So we're going to tailor our game plan to that. We know they're going to double you, Stefan. We know they're going to double you. Well, then you look up and they're not doubling them and they're not making any changes. You damn right. I'm pissed. Because what you thought that was going to happen didn't happen in this game. You said they was going to double me. We practiced all week on them doubling me and you not going to me. So the quarterback's not even looking at him. Because under and what he's seen in practice with creatures of habit, what he's seen in practice and what you've been telling me, hey, he's going to be double covered, he's going to be double covered. So I'm not even looking at you. Even if you're running down the field wide damn open, I'm not looking at you because in my mind you are double covered. That's what they have put in my mind. So when as a as a player, when those things do not happen the entire game or the entire first quarter or second quarter, then that's in the game plan. We're just going to man you up and we're going to see if our guy is better than your guy. And I come to you and I say, hey, coach, uh, you know, they play a man to man now. They just they one on one. He got a little safety help over the top, but it's 80, 20. 80%, you know, them man-to-man, 20% of, you know, some safety help over the top. So, you know, I'm there, coach. Oh, okay, we're going to get to you. We're going to get to you. The fact of the matter is, is nobody changing their game plan in-game. We can get to that at halftime, but we're not changing it in-game because I've already got my quarterback condition. I've got my running back, my O-line, and the other receivers condition. Because you are the person that we designed this offense around, then we got to keep it that way. There's no way we can change it. And when we go into halftime and we talk about it, I can tell you we're going to change it, and I can make those changes and tell the, the, the quarterback, hey, look to Diggs way, man. He 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 one-on-one. So just keep that in mind when you drop back. Well, you done conditioned me all week to throw away from him. I'm throwing away from him. And when I do throw to him, I'm forcing it. And when I do throw to him, it's somebody else open. The, the one I would have went to. 
But because you told me to keep that in the back of my mind, so now he frustrated. The damn quarterback frustrated. The 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 defense is frustrated because now you know you're going eighty twenty, but the 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 80's working in my favor. Stop giving me the twenty, and on the twenty you burn me for a touchdown. Stop it. Stop it. You put me in a fucked up situation, and that's what's costing me. That's why you get the players yelling at the the coaches and the coaches yelling at the players because what they practice and what's being shown on the field is completely different. And no, not a lot of people, Bill Belichick's uh, offense or whatever they do at halftime is one of the better people that know how to make the checks and uh, change a whole game plan with motion. They'll do more motions or less motions depending on it. And say, hey, okay, instead of you running it, you know, 14 yards, run it 10 now. You know, they're the they're the best at doing that in terms of changing depths of stuff. But as far as game plan, nobody's throwing out a whole game plan and coming up with a new one. We're down to eight teams left in the postseason, and Athletic has specific shows for four of those teams. The Chiefs, you've got Tom's Hours with Seth Kaiser and Nate Taylor and Josh Briscoe. You got the Vikings. Check out Straight Cash with Chad Graff and Arifa Sun. You got my 49ers, baby, the next Super Bowl champs. Check out Here's the Catch with Dave Lombardi and Matt Barrows. And if you're part of the 12th Man, your show is Seahawks Man to Man with Michael Sean Duggar and co-host Christopher Kidd. So listen or hate listen to any of these shows as the playoffs continue and we work our way towards Super Bowl 54 Miami, which I think is going to be my 49ers versus the Baltimore Ravens.